Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to Hours of Movies. My name is Brian, and I hope you're having a good day. Today, I'm going to be talking about Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, released in 2004. Uh, the same director and writer is back in this, Raja Gosnell, the director, and James Gunn, the writer. The same cast for the gang is back as well, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellard, Matthew Lillard, Linda Cardellini, Neil Fanning. They're back as Fred Jones, Daphne Blake, Shaggy Rogers, Velma Dinkley, and Scooby-Doo. In this one, we also have Seth Green, who plays Patrick Wisely, uh, the love interest for Velma. Also, the runner, the dude that runs the museum that is in honor of the Scooby-Doo gang. Because they, they get a cool museum in this movie. Then we also have Peter Boyle, who plays Old Man Winkles. Winkles? Yeah, yeah, Old Man Winkles. That guy. If you watch the Scooby-Doo TV series, he appears in that. Uh, we also have Tim Blake Nelson, who I'm a fan of. He, he does some good stuff. I don't know if y'all watched Watchmen, the TV show, not the movie The Watchmen. He's in that. He's great. That show is great in general. He's also in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He's good in that. He's also in um, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou? Pretty good in that. But yeah, you know, he's, he's good in stuff. I had no idea he was Jonathan Jacobo until I saw the credits. And I thought to myself, holy shit, oh man. It's my man, TBN. And then we also have Alicia Silverstone as Heather, uh, the news reporter. And yeah, the pretty much this movie is uh, different from the first one, obviously. This, they, this time the Mystery Inc. gang must save Coolsville from an attack from their past monsters brought to life by an evil mass figure trying to take down the gang. And it sounds like a great concept because it is a great concept. When you think about it, why wouldn't you want to watch a movie where the monsters would come to life? It sounds like a great idea. You have Creeper, Minor 49er. Uh, you also have that clown. Uh, and yeah. But they don't show up. The only ones that show up really are Minor 49er, uh, Captain Cutler, Zombie, the Tar Monster, and the Pterodactyl. Also, Pterodactyl is a fucked up word, right? It's pronounced Pterodactyl, but there's a P in front of it. The English language is a bitch, man. I swear. I I don't get it, pterodactyl, but there's a P in the front. Whatever. Anyway, so those are the monsters that appear throughout the film. And yeah, I feel like they could have done a lot more. I'm not saying the movie was bad. It's not terrible, honestly. I thought the movie was going to be dog shit, pun intended. But I really thought it was like I, I thought to myself, man, I can't believe I'm really going to watch this movie and make this my next episode. I only did because I feel like it's just let me just complete Scooby-Doo, the Scooby-Doo's, you know, one and two. I probably could have done it all in one episode, but then I would have to watch both movies back to back in a day. I don't know. I would I could I, I would be able to do it. I watch Scooby-Doo cartoons all the time, so I would have been able to do it. But no, here I am doing a, a second episode for Scooby-Doo 2. But yeah, you know, it's not, it's a, it's a, it's not, I don't even want to say it's underwhelming because 
there was no whelm to be, you know, met in the beginning of all this. It was more like, eh, you sort of had me, but then you would lose me kind of thing. That's what this movie was. And it's sad that they didn't make a third one. I know it's like, why would they make a third one if it didn't do well in the box office or, you know, critics hated it? Well, because the third one, James Gunn tweeted once that the plot was that they were going to get hired, the Mr. Inc. gang. They were going to get hired by someone in Scotland, I think, or Ireland. It's one of those two. I'm pretty sure it's Scotland. And they were going to be hired to investigate these monsters. But Scooby and Shaggy later find out that the monsters are the ones that are being uh, haunted by the people, like the people torture them. And I guess Scooby and Shaggy had to sort of put away their cowardliness and also just, I guess the way James Gunn put it was come to terms with their own prejudice and narrow belief systems. Like Scooby and Shaggy would just have to come to terms with that while dealing with the monsters that are being tormented that's pretty fucking deep for a Scooby-Doo movie, I mean, or Scooby-Doo concept in general. I'm with it, man. Like, if you can come back and do a Scooby-Doo 3, James Gunn, I hope you can. I hope I hope you can, man, because that sounds beautiful. But anyways, yeah, so Scooby-Doo 2. Uh, it's fun if you have kids. It's fun if you're baked. By the way, Shaggy, he's like dressed as a blunt i remember i it was pointed out to me when i was on twitter one day like obviously it could be you know a stretch because when you think about it shaggy's uh clothing attire is green and brown right so what's green weed what's brown a blunt wrap you know but he sort of really does look like a blunt when you think about it, dudes has that ruffled uh, shirt thing going and it's green. And then he has like everything else brown, but like, you know, a Dutch brown, like a Dutch cigar brown kind of thing. So I just like the fact that he's dressed as a blunt. And then same thing, probably that same Twitter post that I saw. He sniffs, he sniffs, he sniffs, he sniffs his fans. There we go. He sniffs his fans out, man. Because, you know, they probably reek like weed. And he's like, eh. And he really goes, if you, like, watch it, he does, like, a deep inhale. And he goes, eh. And everyone is there. It just looks hella faded. I think there's, like, a little bit of smoke that flies by to sort of, you know, push the whole, they're stoners, guys. And, yeah, I, I like that. I like that, the, that, you know, his crowd is a group of stoners. I like that they all have their own kind of fan basing as they're arriving to the museum in the beginning of the film. Sorry if I'm not even going to like really give a synopsis of this film, you know, give a summary. It's just you know, it it, it this movie just goes by. I'm just going to do the highlights and the lowlights. So yeah, you know, I, I really like that they all have their fan base in the beginning of the film when they're going into the museum. Uh Shaggy, like I said, has his stoner crowd. Scooby has his fellow doggies. Um Velma has obviously a couple weirdos that tattoo them, uh, tattoo her. Oh, no, no, sorry. Daphne obviously has a couple weirdos that have her face tattooed on their chest. Fred, you know, he's just 
loved by everyone. And then Daphne has those girls. And then Velma, you know, she has her geeky crowd. And I, I like the way she interacts with them. I like the way she just like sort of geeks out and just like snort, uh, gives a little like kind of laugh. It's it's adorable. Yeah, they all got their crowd. It's been a couple years since the first movie. They never referenced the first movie at all, apparently, throughout the whole movie. Except, well, you know, they do. But like one time, and it's only like a minor thing where at the end of the film, Scooby-Doo is talking to fans. You know, after they solved everything and Scooby-Doo tells someone... Mary Jane is in a mask, and that's the only time they reference the first part. Other than that, they never bring up Scrappy. They never bring up the island. They never bring up, you know, oh, boy, here we go again, dealing with real monsters, you know, because this is the second time they are. But they don't. So that's cool, too. I mean, just it's an everyday thing for the Scooby-Doo gang, you know, the Mystery Inc. gang. And, you know, they never reference too much every episode in the original cartoons. They just sort of go with the day. They're like, hey, this is our job. We're the Mystery Incorporated gang. This is what we do. I really like Seth Green in this. Um, This is not an insult, but Seth Green just feels like someone who should live in a cartoon world. Obviously, he sort of does with Family Guy and Robot Chicken, but he he does mesh well with the Coolsville vibe, you know, or you know, just the whole Scooby Doo universe. He he could be he could be thrown in there and it works. Plus, he sort of did a good job. It's like he he it's like he was a fan of Scooby Doo. Maybe he's not, but it's like he was a fan. He's like, you want me to be in a Scooby Doo movie? Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna give my A game. This is going to be the greatest acting I've done. And it sort of feels that way. It sort of feels like it is the best acting he's done. He's terrific. He makes me like he made me laugh throughout this whole movie, especially when he's interrogating that villain at the Fox Ghost Bar and Shaggy and Scooby bump into him. And he just like sort of acts all crazy and a little bit psychotic. I enjoy that. That's very it was funny. It was like good stuff from Seth Green. I liked him a lot. Sad, though. I mean, he wasn't used the second half of the film anymore. After that whole Fox Ghost incident with Shaggy and Scooby where he, like, freaked them out, he didn't appear at all until he bumps into Velma. And then he disappeared for another two minutes until the end. Same thing with every suspect in the movie. Alicia Silverstone, she was only seen the first half, then never again the second half. As well as Old Man Winkles, he was like, he appeared the first half, disappeared again. Then he appeared a little bit, like in the third act, like right, right in the middle of it. Then he disappeared again. Then he didn't really appear until the end. So, you know, it seemed like they had too many characters in hand that they didn't know what to do with them. Same thing with um, Dr. Jonathan Jacobo. He he was just a good story character, but then he ended up being the real villain. And there was no Alicia Silverstone as Heather. It was Tim Blake Nelson as Dr. Jonathan Jacobo the whole time. I don't know. It just seemed like. Too much going on in this film, uh, character-wise. You know, just stick it to the main gang and one person. That's it. You don't need to add too many side characters, especially for a movie that's only going to be an hour and 30 minutes. And literally the premise is kids and their talking dogs solving a mystery. You know, there's just you don't you don't you don't really gotta do too much with it. But hey, who am I? I'm just a guy with a podcast, you know. I'm not James Gunn. James Gunn had his own vision. I'm not Raja Gosnell. He has his own vision. Yeah, whatever. It's just me. But yeah, 
Also, I really like that their wardrobe was spiced up in this one. They still stuck with their same color scheme. Yeah. Shaggy with his green and brown. Scooby with his fur coat. Fred with his white and blue. Daphne with her purple pink thing. Uh, what, what color is it? It's purple, right? I don't know. It doesn't look the same. Purple. And then Velma with her orange stuff. I like that whenever they changed outfits, it was literally that. Whatever color they rocked, they had an outfit for it. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, another thing. The main bad guy, like, I don't know. Like, I understand he was just, it, it was supposed to be Jonathan Jacobo as Heather as the bad guy. Like, the the helmet dude. They never give him a name, I think. Just the bad guy with the helmet. Which, by the way, the helmet just looks shitty. That costume in general looked bad. Everything looked cool. Apparently, all the costumes, they were done by um, one dude they had hired. Let me look up his name. Steve Johnson. So, Steve Johnson, he was hired to create the monsters for the film. And he, his team designed the test for the monsters because... Uh, everything you see in the museum, apparently you could actually wear and sort of move around in. And the plaques next to, um, you know, where it's at, you know, that thing where they're positioned in the museum. The plaques just came that had little fun facts of, and trivia about like how it was created re in real life. So imagine being an extra and just walking around there just reading fun facts about these Scooby-Doo villains. That sounds like a fun thing to do. Anyways, so yeah, he was hired to do all this until production decided to not feature some of the monsters. Uh, one of those being um, Creeper, who I mentioned earlier. So that's why he probably never appeared because they just didn't want to pay him his dues. Uh, but yeah, they ended up going with a Vancouver-based effect shop. So they did the monster. So Creeper was never used. And Steve Johnson, at the end of the day, didn't have his monsters appear on screen so that sucks for him and you know it just sucks that creeper just wasn't shown you know and also to put that much time you know to make these uh outfits uh controllable you know that you could fully wear it and move around in them but instead they just went with some other type of costumes and just cgi item up a bit a bit so hey it is what it is. But yeah, the monsters were cool at the end of it. They're not. They weren't too bad. The CGI is way better than the first Scooby-Doo. Uh, Scooby-Doo 2 has some decent CGI, thankfully. Uh, Scooby doesn't look a little too weird. And the rest of the monsters at least had some sort of different things about them. The minor 49er looked like a ghost, so that was cool. The skeletons looked like real skeletons or, you know, air quotes real but they look different compared to minor 49er uh the tar monster i liked his uh entrance in the city he comes up as like a giant creepy hand and then he transforms into like his regular body but then it's also pretty fucked up that he drowns people with his tar like he he killed all those people right like when they show that man in the car talking to everyone on the phone and tar started going down his throat he died, right? Like, homie is dead, I'm assuming. But yeah, you know, a bunch of people died in this movie, you know, when you think about it. Uh, but yeah, so the Tar Monster was pretty cool. Uh, who else was in it? Oh, Captain Cutler. I'm a big fat Captain Cutler fan. Um, he's my favorite Scooby-Doo villain. 
I don't know why as a kid I thought he just looked cool. It was simple, dope, and I always enjoyed those like old school uh scuba diving gear. It just looks creepy no matter what. You know, it just looks hella insane. So uh I like Captain Cutler. He's my favorite next to that clown that could just sort of hypnotize you. Uh, I can understand why he wasn't used in this movie, just like they didn't want Hulk in the Civil War film. Uh, Why would you want that clown in it? He could literally hypnotize whoever. So if he came to life, he would have just hypnotized the main bad guy and the main bad guy would have been out. And, you know, the clown would have been the main villain. And this movie would have been entirely different, probably. So I could see why he was not included in this film. It's just he seems overpowered. But yeah, so, you know, those are my two favorite. I also like Creeper. Shout out to Creeper. Uh, who else do I like? Oh, that robot's pretty cool. The one that hunts the amusement park. I don't know. Maybe I should just do an episode where I just talk about Scooby-Doo, huh? Anyways, so, you know, as I said, there's some cool monsters, some cool looking designs. You know, they all look cool. The tarp. Oh, the electric, the 10,000 volt monster. I really enjoyed his voice. It was creepy, yet goofy. It was a right blend of the two of them. And also, Daphne, why the fuck would you just decide to air kick a volt of electricity? Did you really think you were just gonna fuck it up? Did you, I don't know, when she decided to just go for that kick, I was like, well, good for you. And also, Fred jousting with the Black Knight. Black Knight, he looked cool. I mean, that outfit looks sick. I'm not gonna lie that. Black Knight looked dope. I was a big fan of Black Knight. I thought he looked pretty cool. A goofy, dumb character, though. But it was a cool costume. But yeah, Fred really jousted up on a motorcycle, which, by the way, Freddie Prince Jr. did himself. All the actors did their own stunts. So, you know, Fred was very happy about that because he, that was actually him on the motorcycle. I was like, oh, there they are. There they are cutting this scene so you don't see the stunt double. But no, it was Freddie. Prince Jr. So that's cool. Good for him. And so, yeah, you know, that all the monsters, they look cool. Hope they would have used more or, you know, they stole a lot. They stole every costume. You would think they would appear one on one on their own, but who knows? Maybe they just couldn't, you know, they just didn't have all the costumes. They're like, these are our five. That's it. That's it. Whatever. But yeah, Scooby-Doo too. What else can I say about it? Oh, there's rap again. You know, I guess it's James Gunn or Raja or the the music composer. Damn, I never wrote his name. But he's he's also he did the first music. I mean, he the he did the music for the first movie. So he did the movie for the second one, the music for the second one. So obviously he's like, yo, we need some rap in this. So there was some rap. Also, there was a Scooby Doo dance number. I almost forgot about that. They literally gave Scooby-Doo a dance number. He danced with a woman, too, who thought he was fine as well. Scooby-Doo was hella smooth with this lady. I, I, I see why we all love Scooby-Doo. Homie is just smooth as fuck, man. It's, it's, um, it was something, though, when he started dancing to, um, dancing and singing and singing. I don't know. Whatever it is. Had a dance number dance with the villains, and then Shaggy looked good in that pimp suit. You know, they both had a pimp suit on. Shaggy looking good in that green pimp suit. Scooby looking good in that pimp suit. They had a dance number. They had a brawl. It was good stuff. It was a good bar fight. Also, Scooby and Shaggy aren't idiots, you know? Like, uh, uh, they're more cowardly than idiots. This movie sort of made them stupider than 
they were in the first one, but I guess that's a thing. You always got to make the dumb characters dumber as the show or movie goes on. Like Joey from Friends, for example. Dude just becomes way more stupider as the show continues, as well as Kelso in that 70s show. But whatever, you know, same. But they're not idiots. They're just supposed to be, like, really scared most of the time. But they, they're, you know, they're not smart, but you, they're capable of being functioning adults. Also, what's up with their clubhouse? Like, I, I was I the only one bothered by the blend of all their all the colors in there? You know, their clubhouse had all their colors. You know, parts of it was green, parts of it was orange, parts of it was blue, parts of it was purple, parts of it was brown. It's like, yo, pick one. That's not those. All of you come up with a favorite color that you don't wear, and yeah, fucking paint the walls of your clubhouse with that and don't buy furniture that just clashes with other furniture oh, and it was just upsetting to the eyes it's no longer the 70s it's funny because they really they really did look like a 70s house when they're living in you know the 21st century hey some people can't shake it you know sometimes you gotta be living in the past you gotta live in the past because you dig the style and hey i don't blame them they look good in it they look good in it but yeah you know that was scooby-doo too not much really else to say. That was just me rambling on about it. Also, Velma got a love interest in this film. I don't know if you guys remember or if you even heard the first, you know, Scooby-Doo 1 episode. Velma and Daphne, you know, were supposed to kiss. Velma was supposed to be gay. But not this one. Gave her a boyfriend. You know, it was the studio's decision. James Gunn didn't write that in. You know, it was just a decision the studio wanted. So fuck him for that. And yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's see some facts I didn't spit. When uh, Velma's wearing that sweet ass leather outfit, the most robotic thing she looked in, you know, when she made that farting noise and she had she ad libbed that line. This was my outfit, I swear, you know, so it really did squeak and it sounded like a fart. And she being on her, you know, on her toes was like, ah, this is going to be a good time to say this. Boom, said it. Oh, this is a cool one. Uh, At some point in the movie, Scooby and Shaggy, they're singing in a toilet toothbrush, uh, a Frank Sinatra song, Strangers in the Night. And I guess way back when, you know, when Frank Sinatra was performing uh, on the CBS, on CBS, he he improvised lyrics, Scooby Dooby Doo, while singing. And... Fred Silverman was like, yo, that's the name of the cartoon series. Because originally Scooby-Doo was supposed to be called Too Much, a popular catchphrase of the 60s. Too much. And it's not even a catchphrase now in 2020. It's literally just a fucking model. Too much. Too much. But yeah, so originally Scooby-Doo was supposed to be called Too Much. But yeah, you know, Fred Silverman, he saw... Frank Sinatra performed that ad lib Scooby Dooby Doo, and he's like, "That's it. That's the fucking name." Sarah Michelle Gellar and Seth Green both appeared in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, which is pretty funny because I uh, it's been a while since I watched Buffy, but the Buffy gang gets called the Scoobies. So when I realized that, damn, Daphne and Buffy are the same person. That's pretty cool. 
pretty cool. Uh, there is a scene. Oh, yeah, there's this scene. I, this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, my favorite scene in the movie is when Scooby and Shaggy start drinking potions and they start turning into different characters and people. I thought it was just amusing considering how Shaggy was acting when he was super buff and then Scooby was just like, uh, I miss being a dumb dog. Those were the times. Uh, but Scooby-Doo, he turns into the Tasmanian devil at some point, but he was supposed to originally turn into the OG Scooby-Doo. But the studios decided against it because they didn't want audience members debating on which looked better, 3D Scooby-Doo or 2D Scooby-Doo. So they said get rid of that and add the Tasmanian Devil. Also, at some point, he was supposed to turn into George W. Bush. But, uh, you know, the people that watch films early and give, a, you know, a review or what they didn't like. A lot of people just didn't like that George W. Bush gag. I mean, why would they? At the time, he was the most unlike president. But yeah, so he was supposed to be into that, but they said, nah, nah, nah. Matthew Lillard and Seth Green were also in Without a Paddle, which released that same year as Scooby-Doo, 2004. Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard, this was their fifth movie. They worked in Scooby-Doo, Summer Cat, She's All That, and Wing Commander. The movie was released on the 35th anniversary of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? So... That's pretty cool that it lined up that way. Obviously not the best film for a cool-ass TV show, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, so that's Scooby-Doo 2, and that's the episode. I hope you have a good one. I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a good night, good evening, a good whatever it be. Um, hit me up on Twitter, at Hours of Movies. Uh, if you got any movie suggestion let me know i'll watch them and probably talk about them i'll be back next friday again i don't know what movie i'll do i should really try to like plan out the movies that way i give you guys a heads up but when i do that i'll do that for now who knows what movie it's gonna be just you know stay watching flicks stay feeling cool and if you have a dog with you pet it i'm missing my dog right now he's not dead i just don't live with him anymore so Pet your dog for me. That'd be cool. But yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. Take care.